The whole reason of this birth was for you to give your life to show us how much we were to you. And God, we're showing you how much we're worth, you're worth to us by our worship, not only here in this house and how we worship you vocally and, and with our, our hands and our minds and our hearts, but also outside of these worship you with our life. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So much amen. Amen. Okay, what if I told you that there was healing power? If there was nourishment, if you would only be obedient. This, this gift desires to see you grow. This gift comes with an instruction manual. This gift can be passed down from generations to generations. This gift can bring you eternal life. This gift can't be bought on eBay or on Amazon. And people have been fighting over this gift for years and years. This gift can, can be... Whole can capture it. And a child in an orphanage can obtain it. A dictator on a throne can ask for it. And a prostitute does not even have to sell herself for it. A businessman doesn't have to bargain for it. A housewife doesn't have to budget for it. A mechanic doesn't have to have any tools for it. An actor doesn't have to memorize a script for it. This gift can be recycled. If I said that, on Black Friday, everybody would be trying to find that gift at Walmart. They'd be lined up 10,000 deep. But then when I say, hey, this gift is not of mankind that, one of man, that mankind can purchase, but was purchased for mankind. And it, cannot, it, it, really, it really can't be held. It can be possessed. And that, that, that what I'm talking about is a tri, the Christ child, Jesus. And all of a sudden, in the world, and I say that, in the world and it, it, there's a deflation of breath. Oh, that's what you're talking about? When it should take our breath even more away. <sighs> Jesus, we can really, it's, it's, it's that much for us? Test in Bethlehem. And, and Bethlehem means the house of bread. And what do we call Jesus Christ? The bread of life. That is cool. And the angels came, and the wise men sought him, and the, and the shepherds gathered all around. You know, a, a, a gift, a gift that was wrapped for us, but not put under a tree, but put on a tree. See, if we needed information, God would have sent an educator. If we needed money, God would have sent an economist. If we needed technology, God would have sent Daryl, <laughs> a, a scientist. God would have sent us a scientist. In pleasure, God an entertainer. But we needed salvation. Christ sent us a Savior. Amen? Amen? It's not about the tree. It's not about the candy. It's not about Santa Claus, the pretty Christmas lights, or the ugly Christmas sweaters. It's about redemption. There was a gift given for each one of you, whether you've accepted it or not. And the sad thing is, it comes to the Christian walk with God, a lot of people accept that gift, and then they abuse that gift. They disrespect that gift. They dishonor that gift, and they play with that gift like it's a toy rather than it's really something to be cherished and loved. Unlike any other baby that was ever born in Bethlehem, um, was unique in history. <clears throat> it did not have a mother or a father. And you're like, well, how can, I, how can you just believe that, that he was born without a mother and father? Well, do you believe in Adam? 
Adam didn't have a mother or father. The father he had was, was, was God. And so if you don't believe that, you're going to have to go all the way back to the foundations of this while we're here. And you, then there's going to be some fundamental differences in your heart. He had, a, he had a heavenly preexistence. He was in heaven before he was here. And in the, in the Word of God says in 1 John um, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He is God. Jesus is God, the Son, creator of the universe. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, it says, Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, who being the very nature did not consider equality with God to be something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. He didn't come as a king. He didn't come with a crown. He didn't come riding on that white horse as he's going to leave. He didn't come with, 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 all kind of, with all kind of an entourage and with gold and silver. He was born in a, a feeding trough, a pig trough where fi- pigs eat out of. He was born in a barn, kind of. You would say right behind the barn where, where all the, the animals were at. He came to, as a child. He didn't come as an adult because then everyone, you know, young adults and teenagers and kids would say, well, he don't understand me. He had to be able to go through the whole process of life and show us everything and show us how to be parents and show us every, every part of it as he was a child of a parent. I'm meaning that. But, it, but he came as nothing. He didn't come in, in, in this big uh, awe and shock and awe. And he did it to be humble. And found as human appearances of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted himself through the highest place and gave him the name above every name, and that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of, the, of God the Father. See, this is why Christmas is called Incarnation, because incarnation means in the flesh. The birth of, of, of Christ, the all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipotent, om, omniscient creator was born in the flesh. Why would he do such a thing? Why would he become as a baby instead of appearing in that majesty and power we talked about? Because he knew how, he knew how, how horrible he would be treated. He knew what he was going to go through. He knew that he had to go to the cross. He knew what he had to endure. He knew how he was going to be betrayed. And he knew the agony and the pain he was about to endure. It's simple. The answer is called love. That's it. He loved you that much. He loved you that much. You were worth that much to him. You were worth his life. You were worth his life. This gift comes with proof of purchase. All you got to do is just open the gift. A lot of things come with proof. This, this comes with a proof of purchase. Um, yeah, and, and maybe, and maybe you, you may think, you know, the reason people don't, don't, don't accept the gift is because they don't believe in the gift. And not be convinced and say, well, I'm just not sure, or I'm just, I'm just this kind of concerns me about this virgin birth and all that. Well, the baby born was in 2000, over 2,000 years ago, wasn't anything like ever, had ever been born before. Let me tell you some odds of this happening the way it did. To begin with, the Old Testament prophet Micah, in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, you can look it up at home or now. It says 700 700 B.C., 700 years before Christ. And when when, when all across the 
world, all kind of, all across the world, there's all kind of little cities, all kind of places that, that, that he But Micah, 700 years before Christ, will be born and be in the birthplace as our Messiah. 700 years before that. And then at about the same time, around that same time, seven or 800 years, Isaiah in 714 said Christ would be born to a virgin. And some people don't think Christ was born to a virgin. And if you don't believe that, then you're not even a Christian. You're not saved. Christ is not born to a virgin, he, and he's born, born to a woman and man, then that puts him in the lineage of Adam, and the Bible says that we all die in Adam. So it makes him no holiness at all. The virgin birth had to take place. And, on, and also there's a prophecy on 10, 10, um, 12, 10, 12 B.C., 1,012 years before Christ, that specifically specified that the Messiah's hands and feet would be eventually to crucifixion 800 years before the Romans ever instituted crucifixions as a, a form of capital punishment 800 years before it was even really a thing it was already prophesied that his hands and his feet would be pierced Malachi chapter 3 verse 1 about which is that's penned about 425 BC specified that that the Messiah would be a contemporary in the temple in Jerusalem and the temple that, was, that would be destroyed in 70 A.D. has never been rebuilt yet. And if that doesn't impress you, then maybe right. If you read Zechariah 11, 11 through 13, and even in Jeremiah, which was written 500 years before Christ, and then compare that to Matthew 27, 3 through 10. I'm going to read Zechariah, and I'm, I'm going to reference Matthew. But this, but this was... Um, Matthew was only written 25 to 30 years after Christ, and, and Malachi was written um, 500 years before Christ. And he said, And I said to them, If you like, give me wages, whatever I am worth, but if you want to. So they counted out um, for my wages 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said to me, Throw it to the potter, this magnificent sum at which um, they valued me. So I took the 30 coins and threw them to the potter in the temple of the Lord. Then I took um, my other staff, Union, and cut it into showing the bond between the unity between Israel um, and Judah that was broken. And so it's talking about referencing um, Judas on how he took 30 pieces of silver and betrayed Christ and then went back into the temple and back in there. They were saying that's what, what Christ was worth. A number of years ago, Peter, Peter Stoner and Robert Newman wrote a book called Science Speaks. Peter Stoner and Robert Newman wrote this book, and it was based on the probability and vouched for all these different things that happened. Um, and, and, it and it was also vouched for by American Scientific Affiliation. Set out and said, how can one man fulfill, you know, only eight of the 60, there's 60 prophecies. And so, so these, these two guys said, if, how, I'm going to look at the probability of fulfilling only eight of them. If they only fulfilled eight of these 60, what's the probability? Now, all 60 have been, have been fulfilled, but just eight of them. It says the probability that Jesus of Nazareth um, was, you know, a Nazareth was, was 15,000, 20,000 people, a small, dirty town that in the Old Testament didn't even exist, okay, yet, um, had, could be fulfilled eight of the 60 is one in 10 to the 17th power. That's just eight of the 60. All 60 have been performed. 
Stoner claims that, that, that you know how many silver dollars that is? That's enough silver, silver dollars to, to um, cover the state of Texas two feet deep. And they said, it's so, it's, so, it's so unusual that if you cover the state of Texas in two feet deep of silver, um, silver coins and you put one, go- one coin somewhere in that pile, a man walking in there blindfolded, without looking, never been to Texas before, blindfolded, couldn't spit, could actually walk around, and the first time he tried, pick up that gold coin. That's only eight, but all 60 were done. See, one March, several years ago, um, the, the uh, United States Senate chaplain, Richard Harvelson, um, who served many presidents until retired in, in December the 31st, 1994, wrote a letter. He said, the fact is, the birth, crucifixion, and bodily resurrection celebrated worldwide by folks from every race, language, and color every year. Disastrous, frustrating, debilitating habits and life forms possible. So the real problem with Jesus Christ is not that folks don't believe him. There's people, I was listening on, on radio yesterday um, to, to, I think I was listening on the news and, and the guy was interviewing someone. And he said, no, I'm not an atheist. I just, I, I, it's not that I don't believe, it's I really won't believe because I know that really there's enough things to really say that he exists. And so this statement is so true. You would go bankrupt if you tried to buy this gift. There's no way possible that you can ever buy this gift of eternal life, that you can ever buy this love. You you don't have enough money. We don't have enough money. The world don't have enough money. It is invaluable. You cannot attain that. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, yet his love was so great for us, humbled himself greatly for our sake to become Jesus. Galatians chapter 4 and 4. But when the full time was come, Jesus sent forth a son of a woman made under the law. You see, it was kind of cool that they, they came and they had the, they had the census and all that because the census had never really been taken until that very much. So therefore, what it was kind of cool because I kind of feel like God was saying, I want this on record. I want this public record. Record that Jesus Christ was born here on this, this time and who his family was. I kind of think that's kind of cool that it happened that way. This is Luke chapter 2 and verse 7. And forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger because there was no room for him. And so he had to go behind the inn into, into the manger. Off. And people looked at him and said, you know, there's nothing really going to come out of this. And matter of fact, in John chapter 1, verses 46, it says, And Nathanael said, Philip said, come and see. There's probably people that looked at you in your life and said, you're not going to get nothing out of yourself. There's nothing good come out of Wilmington. There's nothing that comes out of Southampton. Good that comes out, 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 out of Leland or wherever it be. this come and see a little church called kingdom life i want to show you i want to show y'all something there ain't no churches in they're all hypocrites they're all liars they're all gossipers they're all they're all they're all fornicate they are they're, they're all evil there ain't none of them in the good life come and see come and see hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 but when we see jesus who has been made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor 
that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. With glory and honor. He didn't come as Superman, or Batman, or any Avengers. Coming from the sky, coming down, and hovering up. He came down and was born in a manger. This gift can never be exchanged. You can't exchange it for everything. This gift lasts for eternity. You got to keep this gift for eternity. And, and, and so why did he come? He had a purpose to come because he was supposed to be the sacrificial lamb for our sins. See, prior to that, because of Adam and Eve's sin, you know, back in the day in the garden, there had to be sacrifices, sort of some sacrifices. They had to get a, a pure, white, holy lamb, and that lamb would be sacrificed on the altar for the that 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 lamb was just a lamb and that 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 blood would coagulate and get old but see when the sacrificial lamb the lamb of god came and his blood was poured across that altar it's forever there never has to be another sacrifice nobody that penalty of sin anymore because he's already paid it for them he came on with possession no wealth he was dependent on others for food and drink. Think about it. What did he have? It don't say nowhere. He, he packed his bags and got up and walked somewhere else. He didn't, he just walked. He didn't have nothing. But matter of fact, it said he didn't have a place to lay his head. He had to find a rock or something like that, unless, unless he found a, a, some, a little woman that would make him some food and maybe give him a bed, something like that. Other than that, he just walked, he didn't have no possessions. He walked around saying, Look, what you talking about? Talking about you ain't rich, you got bills. I ain't got anything. I have nothing. And we feel like when we're, when we're hurting and we're, we need provisions that, that he don't understand. He didn't have a car. He had a donkey riding in, but it seemed like he walked around most everywhere else. In Isaiah 53, who believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and a root out of the dry ground. And he hath no form of comeliness, and when he shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid as if we were um, faces from him. We hid our faces from him. He was despised and he was esteemed and, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did, we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But... We were wounded, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastised peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. He came, as I said, it, it wasn't like this. He didn't walk in like, like, like Rocky Balboa being like, hey, everybody, it's me. He didn't walk in and everybody's like, oh, look at him. Oh, he's so good. He's so gorgeous, so wonderful. Look how he's strapping. And he, man, he just came as an ordinary somebody. All that, everything that happened, everything that you read was for a reason. So he could become us. Because we may feel, well, I'm not really nice looking. I don't have the best. I don't have stuff. I don't have this. I don't have that. And if he came with all that, we could not relate to him. But because he came with nothing and he wasn't all that in a bag of chips when he came, as far as being the human part of him, then we can say, you know what? Wow, that's, I see myself in that. Matthew 26 and 59. Now the chief priest 
and the elders and the council sought faultless against Jesus to put him to death. They, they sought false witness. They tried. But all the, the, the craziness that's going on in the system right now with, 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 with all the impeachment and all that stuff, it doesn't matter what, whose side you're on. It's all crazy. I don't care whose side you're on. But the thing is, is they sought people and told them, I want you to get on that stand. I want you to lie on him. I want you to lie. They sit and say, well, he said this is a good, this is a good person, this is a bad person. No, I want you to get on there and I want you to lie because we're going to kill him. forsaken me words of my roaring and Luke he said and being in agony he prayed earnestly that his sweat became drops of blood falling to the ground he was in such stress and such just that his, his, his literal sweat his, his, his capillaries busted and, and blood his fate He, he was put in a buried borrowed tomb just to let us know, hey, I ain't staying long. This ain't, this ain't mine. I'm going to finish what I started. I was born for this day. The gift keeps coming. And he came in humility and that humility and was necessary to execute God's plan. Why? Why did Jesus come to earth? Why forsake the majesty and fellowship of heaven? Exchanging a palace for a stable. Immortal comforts for a feeding trough. And robes of glory for the feeble body of an infant. An unparalleled irony, this supreme, unrivaled nobility experiencing absolute and total humility. Our sovereign God, Emmanuel, as a baby. He didn't come to heap shame upon sinners or to judge and cast out the impious, but to break bread with those called unrighteous. He didn't come to illuminate every mystery of the cosmos or to enlighten the intellectual, but to fulfill the testimony of prophets clothed in rags. 
He didn't come to elevate a single nation or to advocate a particular political affiliation. He came because he saw you broken in need of salvation. He saw you lost and abandoned, crying out, surrounded by deaf ears, fighting through the tears, but beaten down by the torments of this world. And unable to bear your distress, he renounced his eternal throne, walked the earth, bore the stripes, accepted the nails, and gave up his last breath, so that you could receive the breath of life. Our God. Our holy, infinite God. Beheld your pain perceived your heart and determined that your soul was worth dying for. From the manger to the cross to the empty tomb. It is all a story of profound love, of a savior who rescued his children from darkness. Of a blameless king who declared that no sacrifice was too great for the sake of his beloved creation. Why did Jesus come to earth? He came for you. He came for you. He came for each one of you. That's why he came. So I want to ask you today, how are you handling the gift of Jesus. The gift comes all pretty like this, but I wish I would have thought about it and had it ragtag and tore up and stuff and showed how we handle that gift sometimes. We rip the paper, we tear it above, pull it out, we pull up the side so we can see what's inside, and we disrespect the gift of God. God died on the cross for, for us, and, and we celebrate this at, at Christmas right here, uh, His birth. And he gave us eternal life, and we just sometimes try, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we care, sometimes we don't, based on how we feel and how things are going in our life. So disrespectful to God. God is looking for commitment. God's like, after all, can't you just commit to me? Can't you just, can't you just come on a regular basis? Can't you just serve me? Can't you just abstain from sin? Can't you just quit, quit living the life of this world? Can't you, can't you just some addictions that you, if you just come to me I can help whatever your problem is no you can't okay well I can so what I'm, when we can't he can so all, it doesn't matter what our answer is he is the I am so where when we are weak he is strong so we need to come to him and start handling this gift that he gave us so much more preciously so much more gentle so much more caring and say, God, I honor this gift. And this gift that you gave to me was worth your life. So go out and share this gift with others. You know how Christ took the, took the, the fish and the loaves and, and separated and, and, and there was 5,000 people, not including men and women, so maybe 18,000, 15,000, 14,000 people. And it just kept, kept breaking it off. He gave us a gift. And every time we stick our hand inside to pull out a gift to offer to somebody else, it's all, there's always one there. There's always a gift of salvation for anybody that we pull out. And say, hey, there's, there's, another, there's, there's enough gifts for everybody. You know how kids are. When, you have, when it's Christmas, everybody's looking. Don't look like many gifts up there. That's what I used to say. 
But then mom would say, there's enough gifts for everybody. I'm here to call out to Wilmington, to Southampton and Virginia, to Chesapeake, Virginia, and to, and to all the surrounding areas around here. There's enough gifts for everybody. But who's going to give them that gift? It's up to you. It's up to me. So many people don't even know there's a gift. So we have to give that gift. And since people are thinking about that gift this time of year, it's a perfect soul to go ahead and talk about that gift. With your family, with your friends, with your co whoever. Because he did it for you. Take that gift and use it for his glory, for his benefit. by your hand close your eyes is there anybody here today that will say Pastor I'm not a Christian I don't know Jesus Christ I'm my Lord and Savior I've kicked that gift to the corner of the room and I ain't even looked at it I didn't want that gift I don't require that gift but maybe today I'm seeing that there's, there's value in that gift and maybe I need to try and open the gift up and, and, and ask for forgiveness does anybody here at all want to raise their hand or maybe on Facebook Live and say I want to receive Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior you just want to, you want to be a Christian today or maybe you, you back use gift and I've tore that gift up I, I've, I've shamed that gift I've broke I've ripped that gift and I've just kind of dumped it the and walked away from it and you want to renew your 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 faith in Christ and you want to say I want to pick back up and and I'm, I'm sorry and I want to be forgiven for for turning my back on God is there anybody here at all today that would even say that amen 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 I see your hands amen I see your hands amen your hands so right now we're going to pray and as I'm praying I want you just to talk to God and I want you to just tell him said God forgive me for disrespecting your gift forgive me for, for turning away from you after all you've done for me forgive me after you've all life for me and I, I disrespected that come my life and make me whole pray that as I'm praying this prayer right now for those of you who want to turn your life back over to Christ and you want to rededicate your life there's three or four or five of you Dear Heavenly Father I just thank you today and I worship you thank you for the gift that you are you are so worthy to be praised worthy of your name and I honor you Father and I thank you for all that you are thank you for this opportunity to minister the gospel today thank you God that you brought people to this house today that would say God that I, I, and I was a Christian but I've kind of turned my back on God or let, let, let the gift slack or threw the gift to the side and forgot about it I need to pick it back up and I need to start sharing that gift with others and I need to share it with myself first so those in this room that may have backed on God or, or maybe God haven't lived they should I, I pray God that you forgive them as they ask you right now in this room as they ask for forgiveness and ask you to come back in their heart God to help them get back on the right track Father and help them to pick the gift up and as they pick the gift up I pray you exchange it for a new shiny gift and let them know God that you make all things new hallelujah 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 thank you God for making the gifts for the four or five people in this room God that they looked and they were they were embarrassed to pick the gift up and offer it to you God and you're taking it right now and you're making that gift shiny and you're making that gift new because you make all things new I take that new gift forget about the old one that you had behind because God's gift is everlasting and he loves you and he cares about you today in Jesus name amen and amen thank you so much for coming today Merry Christmas 
and we'll see you uh, Oasis Old uh, Senior Adults.